Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi everyone, it's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Living life as a gringo Where you question where you fit in every time you mingle They say you do this with not enough that My rapping is really bad <laughs> This life as a gringo Yes, hello and welcome to another episode of Life as a Gringo I am Dramos, of course It is Thursday, so it means it's time for our Thursday Trends episode And my guest helping me break it all down Man, he, uh he does publicity and talent relations for We Are Me Too. He's actually the publicity and talent relations manager. Okay, he's wearing a lot of hats over there. It's a, it's a website that we steal a lot of stories from for uh, for this uh, this show. 
Danny Satina, how you feeling, my bro? Hello. Um, I'm feeling really good. I'm really excited to be here um, and nervous, but it's cool. <laughs> good nerves. Yeah, it, it, it's a good nervous energy. We were talking before uh, we, we turned on the mics that you you haven't done a ton of, of interviews um you know so you were get you were doing some uh what some pull-ups before the you you locked yeah. on <laughs> yeah yeah i like i have a pull-up bar even like right before i was like should i leave it there and i was like well my bathroom's gonna be open is that weird does that look bad? i like <laughs> a lot. so i was like i just threw it to the side of my bed where we can't see and i was like all right that's it's cool do i don't have to think about it um but yeah no i, yeah. I did pull up so like just do something with that energy that i get but it's funny, man, because I uh, back in my single days, I used to do like a, a set of push-ups before I went out to the club, you know, just to get that little that little like, <laughs> chest pump. You know what I mean? So, I've heard people do that. I've heard people do yeah. that. And then I'm just like, wow, I've heard people like, I don't know if I can say that. I was like, I've heard people jerk off before dates. But that probably was a part of certain routines that I had, uh, you know, back in my days. But uh, what we got from that, man. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna cover a, a few different trending topics from the community that have been going on uh, the last week or so. Um, we'll we'll talk about uh, man a really dope article that I I pulled from We Army Two. Um, essentially, you know, talking about some of the backlash that non Spanish speaking Latinos get. Um, you know, especially during the process of learning Spanish. And uh, my podcast is all about those Latinos who never feel like they perfectly fit in with their community. So this is a perfect uh, conversation for us. So I want to dive into that. And then on on a bit more of like the the serious kind of you know uh, man news uh, rounds that are going on right now, you have uh, the Trump organization uh, you know having its day in court and it not going well for them. So we'll touch on that. We mm-hmm. also have a story um, that Vice did about what they're calling one of America's deadliest police departments, and uh, I actually interviewed um, two of the the women who are involved in in this whole. Uh, wow. article a couple of years ago. It's a really man, tragic story about their brother who was sadly murdered at the hands of police. So we'll, we'll talk about that and kind of some of the findings that Vice pulled uh, in regards to to this story. And then, man, uh, you know, we'll also we'll also talk about somebody from our community who keeps finding ways to break records. I don't know. I don't know what else uh, this this man can can break a record for, but somehow some way he keeps doing it. Um, and this show has basically become a Bad Bunny stand podcast. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that. But first, man, let's just get things started with some of the nonsense from this last week. We'll do a deep dive in a segment we call for the people in the back. Say it loud for the people in the back. All right, so let, let's start a little bit lighter here uh, on this article from, from We Are Me Too, right? And, and the headline uh, from it is that stuttering in a Latino family is the absolute worst, especially when learning Spanish. And they kind of pull a couple of different phrases that I know that, uh, that I've heard throughout the course of my life. Uh, things like, well, why don't you know how to speak Spanish yet? How can you be Latino and not speak Spanish? You really need to get more in touch with your culture. You know, many of the the sort of tropes that we hear growing up for those of us who aren't uh, brought up speaking Spanish or don't speak it fluently or don't feel super comfortable speaking it uh, in in, in public, you know. And in this article, they they go on to say, quote, for many of us growing up Latino in America is rife with contradiction. The very same parents who made their way to the United States in search of a better life 
are often the first to scold their children for not knowing more about where they came from. The same parents who refuse to teach their children Spanish to give them more to give them a more authentically quote American upbringing are often the first to complain about them not being able to speak it. And it's like this person is uh, viewing my my life story right now. So uh, my listeners know this, but but this is the first time you and I are connecting. I uh, I my Spanish is not amazing. It's pretty terrible, actually. But I only I only know it because of my grandmother, my parents, even though both of them speak it fluently, did not teach it to me. Um, mm. I can understand it fluently, but speaking it, I'm incredibly self-conscious, which I think has stunted my my growth. And I've heard all of these tropes growing up and them and, and you know, family members back in Puerto Rico have all given mm. me shit growing up about my Spanish. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm curious, first and foremost, for you, where do you kind of fall on this this spectrum? Um, so uh, Spanish was actually my first language. Um, really? That was what I was raised speaking. But then when my brother started, I have an older brother, when he started going to school, I think that's when my parents were like, oh, you know, we need to switch to like full english just to like i guess help with the immersion into it um sure but also i think a lot of it came from when they moved here they were heavily discriminated against for you yeah. know I, I think that still happens obviously happens today where like if you have an accent or yeah. you know you don't speak the the primary language you're seen as dumb or you're seen as like mm-hmm. inferior and so they faced a lot of discrimination with that and so naturally you know they were like we don't want our kids to to have to deal with that um right. so they're like english 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 but um I forgot a lot of my Spanish and like I speak yeah. Spanish with my grandma still. Um, and I think like it's like kind of what you're saying, like get self-conscious about it. Like I definitely get self-conscious yeah. about it because I'm like, oh, like am I, I, I can roll my R's when I really force it. But like, you right. know, it's like otherwise, like I, it just sounds like bullshit. Um, but, right. you know, I, I still speak Spanish with like my grandma who's with my parents um, and they yeah. speak to me in Spanish. And I just respond in English. Just, I think that's how we've just done it. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I always remember like even certain words like Latino, like I when I'm speaking and I'm not thinking about it, I say Latino, you know, right, and I remember right. like one I remember at like one party once I used to work at like a tech company and I remember I went to a party and one girl, some white girl was like, why do you say Latino? Why don't you say like Latino? You don't want to honor your language. <laughs> and I was just like, uh, okay. And so I told her exactly what I told you. I was like, well, yeah. I was like, that was my first language. And then I was right. my parents were discriminated. And yeah, uh, they, you know, like I can say it however the hell I want, first of all. Right. And second, I was like, why do I have to say it? Change the way I say something to appease you or like to appease right. everybody, you know? Because it's like I think yeah. I remember back then thinking like, oh, if I'm saying a word that has a Spanish accent, I literally have to like stop and think like, oh, I'm gonna say it this way now, and it's almost like changing gears mid thought for right. the reason of just sounding correct or making sure it sounds good for whoever. And I, I, I fucking hate that. Honestly, I hate yeah. that I have to like stop and think about. I overthink everything anyway. I'm like, well, and I, a lot of that comes also with like trying to speak Spanish when I'm like, it's I'm just not as comfortable with it in, sure. in English, but um. I mean, like, I can understand it a lot better. So when people sh- talk shit, I'm like, I got that. Yeah, right. like, I can hear that. Like, I understand right. that. Um, but yeah, no. So yeah, I, I always love that. I, I love surprising people who are saying something and they're like thinking that it's, you know, you're you're not going to be able to understand what they're saying. And then uh, especially this, this happening recently, like in, you know, a, a retail environment where like they were trying to blame uh, a damaged product on me and I can understand completely what they're saying and, and had to check them for a second. Um, so it, it's always <laughs> nice with that. But. But you're right. I think you bring up a really interesting point about your parents and and I think just in general, this notion that like 
anybody with an accent or whoever speaks broken English, like they are automatically lesser than, right? They are uh, viewed as as unintelligent, you know, and the irony is that they're speaking, you know, multiple languages when the average American only speaks English, right? right. And and it is a, a really sad notion. And then I think because of of that, I don't know, man, it's weird though, because they want to adapt to American culture to a degree for their own safety and for for their ability to kind of progress, uh, you know, in, in, in this world. But at the same time, they want to guilt you. It says that in this article, you know, want to guilt you for somehow some way not being so connected to your culture. And it's like, you know, I, I think we are as kids, you know, so affected by the people that we grow up around. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, for my grandmother, it was important for her to teach me Spanish. So that's the only Spanish that I know, you know, and for my my parents, you know, again, they, like you, it was more important for me to kind of be able to assimilate and fit into what was going on, you know, mm-hmm. uh, more than more than anything. And I think that it does kind of create this complex. And I'm speaking for myself. I don't know if this resonates for you, but sort of like this identity complex, right, of like, how much of myself am I, how authentic am I not being by like not, you know, expressing my Latinness, right? And just like that person right. at that party you're talking about, like, there's plenty of instances throughout the course of my life where somebody has tried to check me and told me I was like a fake Puerto Rican or I'm not really uh, Latin or, or whatever right. it was just because of some sort of like stereotype or idea um, that they that they have, you know? And I think that you're, you're right. It doesn't make a difference, right? Nothing actually changes where you're from, the culture that you grew up around and uh, you know, where your, your ancestry is from, but it, it definitely for me, I mean, I'd love to hear for you. Did you grow up feeling with like a bit of a complex about, you know, uh, who your real authentic self was in that aspect? Oh, for sure. Um, <clears throat> definitely. I think as I got older with like my thinking out, if I want to say that, yeah, that definitely became more of a conscious thought. Um, I guess, especially even like just like as an example, like even with Me Too, when I first started working at Me Too, I remember when I first got right. uh, like my job, I was like, yeah. oh, I guess I should listen to like more Latin music now. And I remember, oh, I love like, that you're talking about this. <laughs> this is so good. This is such it's a good true. thing. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, it's like you, you're become immediately self conscious and start like telling yourself, wait, but like, am I actually Latin enough to participate yeah, in the culture? Literally. And, and just to show, I guess, like my disconnect with it, I was like, this was around the time when Despacito came out and there was like yeah. the Justin Bieber version and like the sure. regular Swansea version. And I was like, yeah, shit. Okay. This is a Latinx company. I was like, they probably like the Justin Bieber version more than so that I would just listen <laughs> to that. Like uh, only that one on repeat up until like, I started working. And then of course I find everyone fucking hates that version. And I was like, right. oh, great. <laughs> I was like, well, shit, um, can't keep this charade up for long, I guess. But right. yeah, it was just, it's like at times like that I was like, oh man, I really I, I don't feel like Latin enough or I think right. that also definitely occurred with like family growing up, I guess. Just because like sure. you know, when I do go back home and stuff and I see my cousins, um, or you know, we have visitors come who are relatives and like, yeah. you know, everyone's obviously very Spanish speaking and my parents are like, or I'm first generation, am I still right? Yeah, I'm first generation. So like like a lot of my family is still very much like Mexican, Mexican, Mexican. Um, And so it's like, even in those spaces, I feel like I don't talk much because I'm like, oh, I feel like if I try and speak, it's going to come out like stupid. And then, you know, then they're probably thinking like, oh, like these Americanized ass kids. I mean, I'm 30. Like to them, it's like, children. (laughs) but it's just those moments make me feel like, oh, uh, it's like the question of authenticity is one thing. But then even like Mm -hmm. my confidence of it is another. It's like, I don't feel confident in myself a lot of the time. And even less so when I'm like 
trying to present myself as like, yes, like, you know, the American dream child or something, but also like, right. I can't speak the language. So I, I feel stupid in both languages. Yeah. Know? It's like yeah, a lot yeah, of well, discrepancies. 100% because I, I remember I had white friends growing up and they would call me a fake Puerto Rican. But then mm. if I tried to, like, if I said Spanish words the proper way, like rolling my R's, they would also give me shit like, oh, now all of a sudden. Yeah. So it was like, <laughs> it was like, what the fuck? I can't win. Like, if, when right. I'm trying to do things right, you're giving me yeah. shit when I'm right. not doing it. And I'm like assimilating, you're giving me shit. Right. So, yeah, I think it's kind of like, you know, where where does my confidence come from as far as how I present myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And and it's it's yeah, it's super, you know, super kind of interesting. And I think. I know for me, I, I had my parents on the podcast in my first season, but I always felt self-conscious because they would laugh at me when I tried speaking Spanish, right? So there was like no empowerment when I was actually trying to do things the right, right, right way. And I, I think that that's what a lot of people miss because there was like this popular TikTok going around where some girl was like on there, like talking about you're not a real, um, and she was Puerto Rican, so you're not a real Puerto Rican if you don't speak Spanish type of shit, you know? And and to me, it's like it's that attitude that makes so many people who are first or second generation begin to kind of put a little bit of distance between themselves and their culture because you have people constantly prodding you uh, for you not being kind of enough. Right. When it comes to uh, fitting in with with your own community. Yeah, I think it, it's definitely like that feeling of not being enough, but also a lot of shame. Like you, you're saying, yeah. it's like shaming you for trying, shaming you for right. failing, you know, and it's yeah. like you can't fucking win. And it's like, well. With that kind of response, what else are you going to do? Be like, well, then fine. And I will stop trying you know, and just like, right. fully embrace or like assimilate, I guess, if you want to say that. But um, no, yeah. it's true. It, it, there is a lot of frustration that, thing that comes with that because it's like, I'm just fucking trying, you know? Right. Like, I, I know like when I, I mean, luckily my, my parents have never made me feel, if anything, my dad's probably like teased, but no one's ever been like, sure. ha look at him cry. I always remember this one time in Mexico though, my cousin, my cousin Tony was my brother's name also, but he was just like yeah. talking really fast. And my, my dad is being like, he can't keep up with you. And I was just like, wow, way to call me out. <laughs> and I'm like, I can, like, I can hear and I can understand, but I literally just have to digest it slowly. But like, right. you know, but I'm like, I'm trying. Sure. <laughs> right. right. No, 100%. And I, last thing I'll say is for me, the only pat on the back I give myself is I went to Puerto Rico um, over the, the spring to, to visit some family. And uh, the only good thing I can say is I think the bar was set so low for me that they all thought that I didn't speak any Spanish whatsoever, that when I did speak Spanish to them, everybody was blown away and amazed by my Spanish. So uh, (laughs) now at at, at 34 years old, I've finally gotten the approval I was seeking, you know, uh, growing up from from my family. So (laughs) So now they can shut up. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. I finally feel seen in that. Uh, So so switching gears, I mean, I mean, kind of a a hard turn here, but, you know, talking about all that's going on in our our country and obviously somebody like Donald Trump is always in the news cycle right now for a variety of different things uh one of those topics being someone who's constantly under some sort of uh investigation for uh for allegations now you you had a big story that that happened this last week where a jury found the Trump organization guilty on 17 counts including schemes to defraud uh, conspiracy, criminal tax fraud, and falsifying business records. And NBC News reports a criminal court jury in New York on Tuesday found the Trump Organization guilty of all charges in a sweeping 15-year tax fraud scheme that prosecutors said was orchestrated by top executives at the company. Jurors deliberated for just over a day before returning with guilty verdicts. Now, Donald Trump is not directly implicated in this. It is his company's 
um, that that are. So he is not named. I, I believe the the fall is uh, you know landing on some high executives in the company. Um, but man, I mean, without even knowing your your kind of political stance or or, or interest, I mean, kind of you you see these stories, you, you hear something like this, kind of what is your your reaction at this point? Um, fucking finally, <laughs> that was my first reaction. That was right, my first right. reaction. I was like, wow, okay, it's taken this long with like everything that I mean, yeah, like scandals aside, like him as a person, you know, right? What shithole country is him making yep. fun of like a disabled person? It's like all this stuff that happens. It's like it's just so frustrating because like I know people that voted for Trump, and like I think everyone yeah. has every right to vote for who they want. But I'm like, when it's sure. so clearly just someone that's just so unfit for it, and then even the yes. argument of like he's a businessman, he's going to run the country like a business. I'm right. like, that's fine, but like it's right. not a business. These are like actual lives. They're not numbers on like right. Excel sheet. These are not finance mm-hmm. reports. These are people. Um, yeah. And for for the fact that our leader was doing all that shit, oh my god! It even like I can literally rant about him just because he's so fucking annoying. <laughs> like, do you remember? It was like Cinco de Mayo or something, but he has like that yeah. photos with his like shit eating grin with a fucking Taco Bell. And was, right. Like, like, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And I'm like all that stuff, and like it's so frustrating. It's like digging the knife and being like, ha ha. And it's just, right. it's just, uh, it, you know, it, it's just finally like, why did it take this long? And also this. There's been so many like sex scandals with him too. It's like yeah. everyone, you know, when he'll, I mean, I voted for, you know, for, I voted for Biden or Bernie for some, yeah. it's been a long time. I don't know. But basically, <laughs> I, I remember when everyone gave Hillary shit for her emails and stuff. And it's like, right. what if all this stuff that we actually have on Trump, you know, like, well, how right. come they're not scrutinizing it as much? Or like, even like all the women that vote for him, like the whole grabber by the pussy thing. It's like, dude, right. Like if Biden said that, you know, like oh, that would just be weird. But like anyone saying that is weird as a president. But like, sure, yeah, I'm kind of just scrambling it, all over the place. Right? No, I mean, <laughs> I I think we're we're all in that same boat of frustration. Kind of like when is enough going to be enough? And and to your point, yeah, fucking finally was kind of one of my reactions as well. You know, as much as you'd like it to be something where he is directly implicated, um, to me at least, this begins to hopefully like set up some normalcy where people who do wrong in this country are just held accountable. Right. And I don't give a Mm -hmm. shit if you're the president or the crackhead down the street. Like we all, you know, are should be responsible for our actions at the end of the Mm -hmm. day. And and to your point about, you know, um, you know, other people voting for whomever and that's their their entitlement. Sure. And I 100 percent agree with that. And I've been trying to find a more empathetic sort of uh, lens to look at people instead of just being like writing them off like, oh, you're a Trump supporter, you're an asshole or you're an idiot right. or something like that. Right. And and as much as I think there is some sort of justification because you're standing by a man who, uh, like you said, has, has denigrated so many different marginalized groups with his, you know, uh, words and activated so many racist people to feel like they can mm-hmm. do the same, um, you know. I think to get to a, a place of healing, we have to somehow find some sort of middle ground where we can have rational conversations, right? And to me, the the it has to start with the recognition that this person just isn't who you thought he was, right? He mm-hmm. he isn't this genius businessman and he's not this true patriot. He is just like every other capitalist asshole who is looking for a way to um, you know, scam the 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 government. And and pass the book on to the everyday person like you and I, you know, mm-hmm. and and that is not patriotic, right? That is not somebody who loves this country, who is finding creative ways to defraud it so that he can, you know, uh, continue lining his pockets with even bigger, you know, profits. Meanwhile, the rest of us who are struggling to get by are paying our full share of taxes, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and of course, people will, you know, well, oh, there's different tax codes that are set up to help people. Sure. But this is blatant fraud at this point, right? Like, 
There, this mm. isn't him playing the game and 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 figuring out loopholes in our our tax system. This is him defrauding the government. And how can you sit there and claim this person is a patriot and stand behind him as somebody who should be leading this country when he himself, you know, just took a shit on this country essentially in the way that he decided to defraud it for mm. man fucking fifteen years? It's like, yeah, and, and this is just like, one no. of the cases, you know, like this is just one of the um, one of these sort of instances you know that we know about that they were able to prove you know this just kind of opens the door for what other shit has he done that has gone against like what this country stands for um that we don't know about you know right it's definitely gonna open the door to it more which is like i can't believe it took this long like you said 15 years i'm like really (laughs) this has been going for 15 years but now only now after right everything um but no i think you're totally right i think it's gonna open it up more and more so i feel like it's well obviously it's a good thing um you know, yeah, it's like finally holding him accountable in some way. And even though, like you said, he's not yeah. like directly named in it, I think the fact that it's like it, thinking like headlines, it's like Trump industry or whatever fraud. Like that's all people are right. really like latch onto. And like that's fine. That's you know, right? Not wrong. <laughs> but, yeah, I I think it's pretty fitting. And li- and and listen, if uh, because you t- mentioned Hillary with the emails, which you know obviously turned out to be really a bunch of nothing, but. I, as a Democrat, as somebody who voted for Hillary, if you found something that she committed treason, uh, I would say fucking lock her up. I'm not going to sit yeah. here like blindly supporting somebody who obviously goes against everything that I stand for and what I think this country stands for. Right. And I think right. that's the difference. And that's what people need to recognize who still support Donald Trump is that, you know, you are blindly standing by this man and finding excuses for everything that he does. You know, I think mm-hmm. there's no shame in saying I thought that he was this person. He was going to do this. I was wrong. He's proven to be otherwise. Right. Let's move mm-hmm. on. Like I, again, as a Democrat who voted for Hillary and then Biden, if something came up, I would say the same exact thing. Lock them up, hold them accountable, just like you or I would be, you know, yeah. I think that that's like the missing link where these these fanatics like don't want to live in that real world where if you do something wrong, uh, you have consequences. Right. It's almost like borderline idolatry that the real yeah. fanatics have with him. It's like, isn't that like not christ-like at all which is like their argument is like jesus and everything it's like well what do you think you're doing worshiping this vile man but no yeah (laughs) i don't know what it's gonna take to break through man i'm i'm trying to like you know put my like i said my empathy hat on and trying to have you know more rational conversations but it it just seems like uh you know like you said i mean these people are like you uh idolizing him in a way that is like a religious figure or like I've talked about a lot, like, you know, a cult figure, you know, a cult leader. Yeah. Uh, and, and they keep finding ways to make excuses for him. And that's just not, you know, uh, good, good policy when it comes to if you genuinely care about this country in the way that you claim, you know, we mm-hmm. can't just blindly make excuses for people's bad behavior, especially when they are, um, you know, encouraging others to commit treason or fucking defraud the government. Meanwhile, the rest of us are are paying our full share in taxes. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And and definitely it is about like I guess lending an ear to to the other side, you know, to, to really hear yeah. them out because like I think it's like one of those things that you really don't know until like you talk to the people who are. But even at the same time with that, like, I remember this one time like in the during the pandemic, when yeah. like I had a driver, like an Uber driver once, who was um he was I think in the Navy or maybe the Air Force because he had like an Air Force cap, but he was like yeah. totally trying to get something going, and he was like. Oh, like well, all these conversations, like who'd you vote for? And I'm like, I see your hat, I see your American flag shit. I'm like, fire yeah. in. And right. I just remember he like starts saying all this shit and like is trying to be like, oh, blah blah blah, Donald Trump, blah blah. And I'm like, didn't Donald Trump just say that the Air Force is like a bunch of losers? He literally did. I was just, like, didn't he just say that? And he's like, 
Well, I think he speaks, you know, with like, you know, a little bit hyperbolically. And I was like, dude, <laughs> really? Like, he literally shit all over your branch. Like, and you're going to still right. sit there and defend. I was like, are you serious? Called you a loser. Right. Come on. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. The people don't even want to hear the facts. Right. And and if you are a military person, the Republicans have voted against so many bills that would like provide yes. aid for like John Stewart has been a big proponent for one mm-hmm. of those um like tar pits that that happened uh in Afghanistan I believe or or Iraq I can't remember wh- where which war it was um but you know a lot of those soldiers have come back and are like developing rare forms of uh like lung cancer and things like yeah. that and he has been fighting for some sort of bill so that the government helps these uh military veterans out with their hospital bills right and mm-hmm. and it now has just begun to pass, but like Republicans were turning it down, ignoring it, you know. So to me, it's like literally look at who's choosing not to do things for you, right? To me, that should mm-hmm. be speaking to to the way that you vote or or who you you know um um support in this, and that's what's kind of what's kind of scary. Um, again, that they just no, they just don't seem to to care, right? And I think right. I I would be interested, you know, when I try to go this layer deeper, I think. I talked about this on the last episode, but I think a lot of conservative voters have just been angry for a long time because they feel like they've been kind of pushed in the background, right? Because being conservative is not cool. It's not sexy, right? So like liberals are are the ones that, you know, have most of like the actors and actresses are, are speaking about it, right? Hollywood is considered mm-hmm. liberal and this whole idea. And conservatives have felt for a long time like their voices are, are being silenced and their viewpoints are not being heard, right? And and right. to a degree, I understand some of that frustration and that anger, but now it's just like snowballed into something that just is incoherent and doesn't make any sense, right? And I understand the psychology of wanting to be heard and not wanting to be ignored and feel like your needs are, are being met. But right. at the same time, you know, you have to also live in the rational real world and kind of, uh, you know, understand that just because somebody is a bully and like is good on a microphone doesn't give them credentials to like, make decisions over your life, especially when they aren't doing anything, you know, for you. And they're just there to get on a microphone and talk about how great they are and how yeah. you know, no other president has done better than them. Right. It's true. It's almost like now conservatives, I guess, feel what it's like to be a minority. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. That's it's a like, great point. It's like, yeah. you get what, you get what we're all pissed now? You get it? Yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is, that, that's such a great, a great <laughs> correlation. Like, yeah, welcome to our world. Now yeah, you realize, like, like, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, that's why we're protesting. That's why we're fighting back, right? You know, right. and and um, you know, in our case, we're we're actually fighting against something real. You know what I mean? Like fight, we're fighting against real atrocities that have happened, not just like made up conspiracies about how, you know, I don't know, the LGBTQ plus community oh, God, uh, is one. like a gateway to pedophilia or something like yeah, that. Yeah, grooming, correlation. Right, right. It's like shut up. <laughs> right, it doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah. You like you, you know, but. Listen, to each his own, I, I just hope, you know, little by little, he can kind of chip away at some of that armor and begin to show people what's actually happening. But let's kind of take a quick break right now. We'll take a pause and then we'll be right back. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together. And that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr. And on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. 
One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20enespañol.com. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. All right, we are back and a really great article here by Vice where they dug into um, a much needed kind of story that needed to be broken uh, about the Vallejo, California Police Department. So there was um, a, a 22 year old who was killed by the name of Sean Monterosa 
uh, in the parking lot of his local Walgreens uh, on June 2020, right? And and I actually had interviewed his sisters, I, I believe, like the you know a few months after that because they have since become really um, you know proactive in advocating for police reform and police being held accountable and, and all of the above because they saw uh, you know the the lack of transparency that there was in their brother's murder. So he was he was shot and killed um, with a silenced assault rifle, and he was actually fired on from the back of an unmarked police car. And he was actually the 33rd person killed by the by uh, the Vallejo, California Police Department since 2000. And when the police responded to reports of a looting at that Walgreens, um, Monterosa was still in the parking lot. When they told him to, he got down on his knees and put his arms above his head uh, as unmarked police vehicles approached him. But one of the officers on the scene, Detective Jarrett Tan, says he mistook a hammer in Monterosa's waistband for a gun. He fired five rounds from the back seat of the vehicle that he was in, one of which hit Monterosa in the back of the head. Now, this shows you, I, I mean, it's like this fucking cowboy syndrome that certain police officers just have. I mean, you, you pull up, you're in the back seat of a police vehicle. The guy is, has his back to you, are, you know, knees on the ground, arms on his head. And you just fire through the windshield of of a uh, of a police vehicle it just doesn't make any sense, right? Mm-hmm. Now they they go on to say that the Vallejo Police Department, which serves a city of about one hundred twenty five thousand people in Northern California, has killed more people per arrest than ninety seven percent of departments, and this is according to the city's police scorecard, which compares the department to those that serve a similar population size. And at its peak. The Vallejo uh, Police Department's rate of officer-involved shootings that resulted in death was about 38 times the national rate. And that is according to analysis from a local news site, KQED. Now, the family has been fighting for for justice for this. Uh, They they originally were not even allowed to see the uh, body cam footage. The the cops were trying to hide that. And then when they did... They were uh, having the family sign a, a NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, uh, so they couldn't share their their findings from seeing that, which if you have nothing to hide, if you believe this was justified, why would you make the family have to sign an NDA just to view mm-hmm. what happened? Um, and then there was a, a third uh, a third party independent report that was done that said um, cops made, quote, no effort to use time, distance or cover and no effort to take time to plan. In fact, the report noted they intentionally drove closer and the family is rightfully suing um at, at this part this point right now but the article also goes into a, a kind of a, a more sinister uh view of the police department where they're actually wearing their shootings as a badge of honor now there there has been a uh, a, a part of a group of officers in vallejo um who had their badges bent and that would mm. that would symbolize them being involved in a a shooting and they, they say that the practice is believed to have ended in the year before Monterosa's death, but Tan was involved uh, in three previous shootings. So the man that shot this this kid, this poor kid, was involved in three previous shootings. And the practice of bending the badge was revealed in July 2020 after an investigation by Open Vallejo. And the uh, the Vallejo Police Officers Association claimed in a letter obtained by the Vallejo Times Herald that the practice was not meant to mark each killing, but rather to honor an officer surviving a shooting. Uh, regardless of whether it was fatal, obviously, a lot of nonsense. But this this continues to kind of go into the idea that there are gangs within police departments. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, a city like Vallejo has had a, a really 
man, well-documented uh, string of, of violence. And and it's just really sad to see. And I, I commend Vice for, for doing this story, especially it kind of feels like now we've gotten sidetracked from like all of the unrest that we had around police brutality, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Post uh, George Floyd. And it, it's obviously still a problem. And, and unfortunately, it's kind of like our society. We keep just moving on to the next thing. Uh, and, and now we're, we're just constantly talking about, you know, Trump or Herschel Walker or whoever the next kind of yeah. thing is going to be. But man, hearing stuff like that, I know for me, I can't help but be just scared to think that there are police out there operating in this way. Yeah, it's it's very just like disheartening, of course, because it's like, yeah. you know, it's like you, you don't really feel safe. I mean, not that it's like, oh, I feel like unsafe constantly, but it's like just the right. idea of like that, you know, the guy did not, he just had the hammer, like he didn't even pull it out, right? It was just right. like, they just shot him totally just like reactive. And it's yeah. just that, the fact that that can just happen like say even like at routine bus stops, I'm sure we've heard bus stops, right? At routine like checkpoints right. and stuff, you've seen like people just get shot. Five people yeah. particularly get shot. Yeah. It's just, it's, right. I can't imagine that, you know, just it, your whole life can change in like one second. Or like in the case of this family, this poor family who like, they can't even, they, the fact that they had to sign an NDA to see the footage right. is just so insulting. It's like, we killed your, your child. Now... <sighs> sign this paper so that you can see the video, but you can't talk about it. But like we killed him. And how do we progress from that? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. And, and I'm, I'm like, I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm looking up something cause I wanted to see what happened to the officer. Cause, um, like mm-hmm. I said, this is a couple of years ago when I, I got to speak to his family, but, um, sorry, the family of, of Sean Monterosa, but it took until October for them to actually fire this police officer. So the shooting, the shooting itself, happened in june and it took them till october to recognize that a police officer shooting a man down on his knees with his hands behind his head on his you know with his back towards the vehicle um that this officer then shot from the back seat of another car through a windshield they they it took them that long to realize that this man probably isn't fit to wear that badge and it's just really scary because again it brings up like you know, the initial police report with George Floyd, you know, made no mention of Derek Chauvin, like using unnecessary force and all of these different things. Right. Mm. Uh, they tried to say that it was like uh, an overdose. Right. And it wasn't um, until we went viral with that. Those those, you know, uh, footage from the civilians that they had no mm. choice but to like really address this. Right. Mm. And what always scares me when I hear these stories is. If these are the ones that are breaking through, picture how many other ones have happened throughout the country that we're not hearing about, right? That people were not lucky enough uh, to have gotten this sort of national attention behind, right? Or um, so that someone like George Floyd was, uh, I mean, you know, that that luckily for his story, for his sake, for justice's sake, there was a crowd of people there filming what happened to him, right? You know, imagine how many people were pulled over like this in a dark alley somewhere and, you know, don't have um, somebody there to tell their story and just have a, a police officer dictating what happened. You know, that's the type of shit that really, really scares me. Um, you know, when I when I kind of read these stories, right? And if anything, that I remember this all. I think, excuse me. Um, I was working at I think Snapchat back when when actually when the first Black Lives Matter riots were happening because of George Floyd, right. and I remember thinking this um, back then because I used to curate like those stories. I would curate like breaking news stories with like. Um, user submitted footage and stuff and just the amount of stuff you see like people sending i think just i guess as an aside like 
when it comes to like the technology available now, like I think it totally yeah. shines a light on what you were saying. Like just imagine how many times this has happened that has gone completely right. in the dark because right. there's no one else, there's no one filming. And also because, you know, you've got like a couple cops on one person. Yeah. That person is fucked, basically. Right. Um, right. Yeah. It's just yeah. It's it, it's disheartening. There's no other, you know, uh way around it. And I think you know, we just have to do our part to keep the conversation going, right? And make sure that uh, the, these people's lives weren't taken in vain, you know, and that people are being held responsible. And, um, you know, there there was, I think, an investigation done into Vallejo as far as, like, um, the bent badges thing, and, and they actually mm-hmm. never released the results of that investigation, so it probably didn't look too good for them, um, you know, as far as the findings go. Mm-hmm. But But, man... I just I just salute, you know, the the Monterosa family um, and and gathering for justice. They've all kind of r- rallied behind these sisters who are doing the work now to bring this stuff to light. And it's like it's difficult, man. It's taxing. But like, you know, unfortunately, this is kind of the work that we have to do if we want some sort of justice to to be served. And uh, I, I would of course. I just hope that, you know, as as like media outlets and things like that I, I, or as a society, it just feels like we're so quick to forget about you know, to take our eye off the ball, you know, because we see the next shiny thing um, right. that, you know, we, we don't actually get the, the change that we hope to see, you know. So, again, I, I salute Vice for, for doing this story. No, that's so true. It's just like with school shootings. It's like it's become so yeah. commonplace now, which is horrifying right. to think about that. It's like, oh, like another one, another one. Um, yeah. Like, what was the most recent one? Like, I remember there's a Walgreens one, right? Or Walmart. Uh, Walmart. Yeah, yeah. There, was a, there was a Walmart one. Um, and there was, like, another school in, in, in St. Louis, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But, but, yeah, to your point, like, I'll see the news ticker pop up. I'm scrolling on my phone. And, like, I, I hate that I am this way. But at this point, it doesn't necessarily phase me as something I immediately have to read about now because it is so common, right? And, right. and that is, like, disgusting to me to the fact that this doesn't like stop me in my tracks anymore when i read about something like that because it's so fucking normal Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's true it's like (laughs) the internet has really desensitized us i think to a Mm. lot of this because it's true it's like um like i was i'm sure like you read in articles too like about school shootings where um i feel like i've read something where like kids now because they have those shooter drills active shooter drills um like when parents are talking to their kids, they're, I remember some kids or kids just generally say like, well, the shooter will probably have done those active shooter drills so they'll know exactly what to look out for if they want right. to kill, you know? And it's just right. like, even that thought is like, oh shit, that's also horrifying. It's like, maybe we should yeah. try gun reform instead of just training kids how to survive a shooting. Let's just like remove right. that altogether. But even that's like right. its own, you know, that conversation is a dead horse, I think, because right. we're never going to have a solution. I mean, we have a solution, but we're never going to actually get there. I don't think we're ever going to get there. Yeah, I mean, we're unfortunately, we're not going to have the support because too many people, uh, you know, have have the NRA lining their pockets, you right. know, and, and they'll just keep feeding us bullshit. Like, oh, maybe we should just give teachers guns, right? That'll be, that'll solve that the problem. Too. Or let's get best <laughs> to be teachers, like veterans. It's like, right. no, they've already done their job. They've already right. started. Why do you want to stick them in a room with like 30 fucking kids? That, I yeah. have friends who are teachers and like bless them because they require so much yeah. patience and you actually, they care about their kids. It's like, I don't want to do that to like someone who's already gone through through you know war right it's like that's awful why would you do that why is that the solution ted cruz right right but then and then we're just shitting on the profession of teaching as a whole like just like 
we just need to throw a body in there. Right. Like, what the fuck? Like, and how does is, that make? And that's after the yeah. pandemic, where like, didn't everyone right. see how much teachers actually do and how hard it exactly. is? Exactly. It's like after right. all that, now we're like, oh, let's stick a vet in there because you know they know how to do combat and they're trained. It's like, right? No wonder why like, were literally. <laughs> Yeah. Right, exactly. But and, and parents were literally complaining about having to monitor their their like one child uh, while like virtually learning. Mm. Imagine being a teacher full of uh, with a classroom of thirty kids and yeah. you're in charge of that. Like that is not an easy job. And no. then to add a not you know nonsensical burden like active shooter drills or trying to arm them, giving them one more thing to have to fucking worry about. And also, right. I'd be interested to see the effect that it has on kids where they're having to actually think about something like this as a real possibility, right? Like, as something they actually have to plan for. That's just fucking scary. Yeah, it's like nothing at all. Like, when uh, we were in school, you know? Like, I like yeah. the worst thing when I was in school was like, oh, shit, someone took a dump in the urinal. Like, right. scandal. <laughs> which did right. happen. It was a Catholic school, so it was even more scandalous. Right. You know? <laughs> Whereas, like, now, like, right. I honestly can't imagine that these kids have, like, the thinking even, like, oh, where is a good hiding spot? I remember, I think mm. after Uvalde, um, yeah. maybe one of the kids or someone was like, "Oh, all the all the good hiding spots are taken is, or were taken," is what one kid said. And I'm like, "That's Oof. a horrible thought to think about." Like, oh, yeah, especially if you think of just a bunch of kids scrambling to safety, and then like you know you're gonna die yeah. at that age, or you know just, right. that's oh, that's horrible. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, no, it's horrific. And if you hear like the nine one one calls from Uvalde when the kids were on the phone, it's just like, yeah, I, I, I don't see how that doesn't strike a nerve with every single politician mm-hmm. in this country, and how they don't hear that and say like, this is bigger than me, and right. I've made enough fucking money from you know quote unquote contributions from you know these corporate companies. Mm-hmm. I need to do something about this. I. It it speaks to the lack of humanity and the lack of value we place on human life in this country when the, you know, highest of the highest, the people who are supposed to be the you know best decision makers, the most intelligent, they're supposed to represent the voters that vote for them and in the area they live Mm. are hearing those calls and are not shaken to their core that they have to find some sort of solution. Right. I feel like it's one of those things until it happens to their kids, then they'll suddenly flip over. Because I mean, it's like when when that footage from Uvalde came out, um, do you remember it was like the sound of children screaming has been edited out? I don't remember. But even that was like, it's like no, oh, it's horrifying. It's, it's horrifying. It's like, and first yeah. of all, it's like they shouldn't remove it to make it, you know, a little. They shouldn't sugarcoat a bunch of kids getting shot to death. Sure. Like, sure. and it, like that should be heard by the NRA. They should blast that shit even more because it's like right. this is literally the effects of everything. Like this is what it sounds like at a school mm-hmm. shooting. Like I think it's easy for us to like, you know, say like, oh, that's horrible. Like I can't imagine. But it's like you have the sound of it. Like you can yeah. you can imagine even better with sound. And it's just like right. I remember when that came out, I was really pissed. I was like, really? They're going to edit yeah. the sounds of children screaming so that they don't have to hear it. It's like, it's the last thing these kids ever saw or heard. Like, that's horrifying. Right. It's all right. very frustrating. Right. This country is very frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To say the right. least, it, it definitely is. Uh, so, I mean, we've we right. tackled a lot of a lot of heavy, frustrating shit. So we're going yeah. to move on to some some lighter stuff. Um, <laughs> in our Mi Gente segments, we'll talk about somebody who's continues to break records out here. Uh, But first, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there. 
I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura podcast network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. All right, so I feel like on this show, I'm constantly talking about this human being, but just because he keeps doing more and more things that are like 
I don't want to say surprising at this point, but continues to just like, man, create an amazing path and an amazing sort of like pride to be a, a Latino living right now in this in this country during this time period. As much shit as there is, you know, um, and in the world in, in general, when you see somebody like Bad Bunny breaking down all of these barriers that have been set before, you know, I mean, I previously talked about the fact that he's the first, uh, you know, all Spanish uh, language album to be nominated for album of the year at the Grammys. You know, that that speaks to just how powerful this movement is, how much uh, uh, that this man's art has touched, um, you know, the people and not just Latinos, but as a whole. Right. And it breaks that whole narrative that like our art, our culture is is simply just for us and the rest of the world can't relate to it. Right. And it, it breaks down that mold. So, I mean, for him right now, he is uh, is setting a, a whole nother, you know, amazing tone for for this year where he is uh the most streamed global artist on spotify for the third year in a row and again that's higher than like you know when you think of the drakes of the world or the fucking taylor swifts of the world bad bunny is above all of them and he garnered 18.5 billion streams in this year uh, and that actually doubled the amount that he got last year when he got this same sort of recognition um, his his new album, uh, Un Verano Sin Ti, was also the most streamed album in the entire world. The most streamed album in the world. This is crazy to even read this. And I'm the one who put this in the prep. And um, and, and two of his songs were actually ranked in the top five most streamed tracks. And again, this is of the entire world. This isn't just wow. Latin music. It is of every genre everywhere in the entire world. Uh, I, I mean, for you, you obviously do a lot of work in Latin culture, right? We are me too. Uh, props up, you know, a lot of creatives who are are doing the work. I mean, when you see somebody like Bad Bunny breaking out in such a large way, I mean, for you, what what do you kind of what's your your reaction? I'm just like the Latina agenda is taking over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, right. it's like, it's like right. the gay agenda. I'm like, yes, <laughs> gay it right, up. Right. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's wonderful. It's very cool, especially I think I've seen, did he collaborate with like any of the K-pop bands? Because I remember seeing like K-pop and Latin music kind of merging a lot. Um, it, it's yeah, kind of I don't... like that where I'm like, damn, it's really cool to see just how the culture is like influencing a lot, you know? And yep, Benito himself, I'm like, good for him. He used to be like, uh, was like a, a grocery bagger and then his spot of, or his yeah. SoundCloud blew up. I'm like, that is like the coolest story too because I think it's so real. It's like, we know so many people like, I mean, I, I never worked at a grocery store, but I had friends that did. I worked at a kitchen, yeah. so I was like, kitchen, grocery store. Like, you know, when you hear, like, those stories, right. it's like, origins, like, I love it. And just to hear that, like, he's literally, like, the number one person in the world right now. It's like, yeah, that kind of story just feels real. It gives a lot of hope. And I think in the same way that in, I mean, I'm nowhere near, I'm not a creative or I'm not, like, a musician or anything. But, like, in the work that I've been where I, like, I, you know, I want my cousins and the little cousins and everyone to i've heard from them they're like you're so lucky but i'm like guys it's not luck i mean i think luck happens in certain places but like it's work you, sure. know, you prepare you have right. to prepare for what you do um and right. you can do it too i think is what i always want to like you know show off to my little cousins and you know Absolutely. Relatives. it's like you can do it too and i think that's what's cool about his story as well it's like he was a grocery bagger he had like mm -hmm. you know he had a talent for this and he did it and now he's yeah. really number one all over the world it's like Right. Right. Know. Well, yeah, cool. to, to your point, I mean, I think I, I think, you know, what what is it like the the saying about luck? It's like timing and preparation. Right. Yeah. And 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 to that point, it's like this is somebody who perfected their craft. Right. And and was, you know, 
somebody who really valued every aspect of what they did, right? I mean, from his visuals to the albums themselves to making it a point to only sing in Spanish, right? When uh, historically to cross over, you needed to make an English speaking album, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and, and also on top of that, to be so active in his community, right. you know, to, to, to really wear that with a badge of honor, the fact that so many people are looking up to you um, and to really just be a beacon of hope, like you said, for so many people, you know, that, that is a lot of weight to place on somebody's shoulders. And obviously he's still very early in his career, even though he's accomplished, you know, so much, but it really does seem like he's somebody who's he's taking it all with grace and sort of really understands the magnitude of what he's doing and the responsibility that comes along with that. Right. And mm -hmm. I think that that is what makes him so special. I know for me, what makes me such a big fan of his is the fact that he recognizes that and is the fact that he understands that, you know, uh, yeah, he's a musician. But when you are coming out of a, a marginalized community, when you represent a, a group of people who who've had their voices silenced for so long, you know, um, you know, you, you have to act in a, in a bigger way. Right. I think it is your responsibility right. when you have such a platform to fight for uh, everybody else, you know, to, to be heard and to, to have their, their, their views heard. Right. And he has done that with such grace and without the controversy of so many other artists and right. things like that. I think there, there's just something really special about that. And I, I can't say enough good things about him. Yeah. And I think it ha like, I guess to your last point, like it hasn't like I, he's someone that doesn't come across as if it's all gone to his head, you know? Right. Um, and I've met him a couple times from like doing interviews. Like we did, uh, for me too, we did an interview for the movie bullet train. Um, yeah. and we were, I think one of three outlets that got him, which was great because it was literally awesome. like on a Friday, they're like the interviews on Monday. Uh, you guys, yeah. like, we accepted it. And I was like, it's Friday at 5 p.m. Why are you telling me that now? <laughs> like, right. for, for Monday. Um, but, right. like, even that, like, and even, I guess it's funny because it kind of touches to, like, the Spanish-speaking thing earlier. I was like, oh, I don't want to do this interview because, like, I'm not yeah. confident in my Spanish enough. And I'm right. like, I don't want to interview someone all in Spanish because I, I won't do it. I'm not good for that. Like, I know I'm not sure. good for that. Um, but even, like, well, you know, uh, my colleague, uh, Kim Hoyos, who's, like, a really brilliant creative, she... I, I like remember excuse me i like reached out to her and was like do you want to do this and she's like the big stand so she's like yes and she freaked out right um <clears throat> excuse me but even like meeting him he was just so like chill he, i remember like yeah. he came down the hall and he's like really tall and we're all just like oh shit and he was just like right Hola. <laughs> he was like really nice yeah. and quiet and even like um i gave him a guacardo like the avocado doll thingy i gave him yeah. one um, or we gave him one there and at the end I was like, the gusto do aguacate. And he's like, see, sí, and he like hugged it and was like, <laughs> he was so gentle and nice. I was like, how are you like the yeah. most famous person in the world? You're so like, he just seems very to himself or whatever, which yes. is so cool to see. Cause you know, I mean, like, look at Kanye, look what happens when you right. keep hearing you're a genius and you start believing it. Or, you know, yep. It's, it's very right, cool. Well, yeah, I mean, because to your point, we live in a world where attention is the greatest form of currency, right? Oh, yeah. And and people like Kanye are willing to say whatever the fuck they have to say to get attention and get people talking about them. But for him, he hasn't done some sort of outlandish stunt to get people talking. He hasn't had some controversy. You know, he literally has just created incredible art and 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 been you know from what we can see you know authentically himself and that has garnered all of the attention right and mm -hmm. i think that there's something really profound and beautiful about that especially i think when we live in a bit of a fast food culture when it comes to 
uh, content and, you know, creatives and things like that, where, you know, everything is so rushed and, and people are just constantly putting shit out and hoping something sticks. And, um, you know, and, and to their credit, that's kind of how you get go viral on something like TikTok, right? You know, but to see somebody so dedicated to his craft and giving a fuck about every aspect of it and then garnering this amount of, uh, you know, attention, I think is, is such an in- incredible thing to, to watch because you're really, you know, watching brilliance. You're really watching greatness. You're really watching somebody who has taken the time to, to craft their, you know, their gift. And uh, I, I just think that that is incredibly inspiring, especially during the times that we live in right now. Yeah. And originality, because I think that's the other right. part is like originality. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think in today's world, like with TikTok, it awards uh, or rewards conformity. Because like, think about how many like TikTok right. dances there are like people. What's it called when you two together? I don't use TikTok. So it's like uh, when <laughs> oh, they the two to get. Thank you, Stitch. Like when they do a Stitch, it's yeah. like literally all this conformity. And I, even their algorithms are kind of fucked because don't they like. Uh, right show precedence to like little like white girl creators is the thing right, <laughs> right. it's like yeah there's it, been like, some controversy with that yeah and right. it's like i think to, to the point of bad bunny like it's like he is just doing his thing like you said he perfected his yep. craft which i think even that needs a light shine in it just because it's like yeah it, it's like you know i think when you're if you're a creative working on something it's usually very solitary and quiet and you know yeah. you're like you're yeah. missing out on a lot of stuff by like working on right. your craft and when i say stuff I have FOMO a lot. Like that's probably one of my worst yeah. qualities. It's like I get FOMO sure. and everything. And so I can't yeah. focus. But I think, you know, that just goes to show his dedication to it. It's just like if you can really focus in and just like not give a shit about like what's going on around you, unless right. it obviously matters. I know it's just yeah. very cool to see that like, you know, he, he's he's so young and doing all that too. And like you said, he just started his career. So it's like kind of cool to yeah. I'm excited to see where he goes and like how much more can you take over? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I, I'm almost fearful where it's like, just stop releasing music at this point because I don't want to be, because it's oh, like yeah. the, the it, he keeps yeah. like outdoing himself each and every time. And at right. some point it's gotta be, he's gotta release something that like, you know, it, we're like, oh, he's human. And I don't want, I, I'm almost nervous as a fan, like of right. that moment where you're just kind of like, oh, I don't know about this, you know? Right. He could be like the Fugees and just like break up after their big hit yeah, album. Yeah, and exactly. And then, and then you just start like, you know, forever immortalizing peak which is kind of cool like right right exactly exactly so man listen i've I've enjoyed breaking down all all these different things with you i mean i'd I'd love to kind of hear a bit about your your work at at we are me too you know because like i said i i you know always look to it as a resource to you know kind of have a pulse of what's going on in our community and and making sure you know i'm i'm i think reporting uh important things to to my followers and, and the people listening to my show so, I mean, I'd love to kind of hear a bit more about, you know, the inner workings of what you do and, and the brand itself, you know, because I think, uh, like I said, you guys are doing such great work. I'd love to hear a little bit more kind of like inside baseball, if you will. So I guess talking a little bit about what I do uh, earlier, you had said, like, I wore many hats and that's pretty much that was that was very true because like I started at me too as like a Snapchat coordinator. So like I handled their Snapchat then became like a uh, content producer because I don't even know. It's been, I've been here five years. I've done a lot and I did a lot, especially like with the character Guacardo, who's um, mm-hmm. like our avocado mascot. Um, and that, sure. I didn't create the character. He's created by this Colombian animator director named Donna Galliano. And she is yeah. like the coolest person. And I actually recently got back in contact with her because we're doing some Guacardo stuff um, at Me Too right now and some other stuff that I don't think I could talk about. But, um, yeah. you know, I think, uh, I guess what I 
do is like I try and do a lot of like I guess putting us more into the entertainment industry was one of my personal like big goals is just like sure um you know because you have Telemundo you have Univision you have right that's kind of it um and uh I don't really remember how it kind of started but I just would do like you know press junkets and like red carpets and and, uh, just bringing our brand I guess they're in a very outlandish way just because I would literally stand there with like this giant avocado doll and like wait for them to come to the <laughs> and everyone's always like right. what the hell is this and it's like it draws right. your attention and and it's yeah. cool because like you know I've done this for several like three years now but um at a bunch of these like events I always feel like oh is the avocado here or like I heard people like oh there's the avocado and I'm like good right. that's literally what yeah. I wanted to happen like three years ago when I started doing this was like I want us yeah. to be associated as this brand that like is kind of there at, at events that you know I don't think necessarily are, like our Latino events but it's like that doesn't right. mean it can't be there like um, absolutely like what was it like for the Batman I think that was like the last big giant red carpet that I did was like the Batman uh yeah premiere and even then we were right between vanity fair and like msnbc and i've been doing carpets for years and me too would always be like at the end or like diversity and internet's always like at the end but i was like damn look we're in between these big ass publishers and i was like this is good this is progress um so i think that's kind of what i I like doing that a lot was just kind of like helping the brand to be more recognized and also just to be like we're here at this event and yeah, we, we don't have to shoehorn tacos and chanclan to everything. It's like right. let's just do this fucking weird thing and just go with it. But um, so I do, I, yeah. I do that. I coordinate that more now than like I, yeah. I'm kind of going through this thing where I'm like I don't like being on camera right now and I don't <laughs> okay, want to. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I'm like a very self conscious person. Period. But I, right now I'm just like I don't feel like having the anxiety of like I think even like why I was nervous with this interview. I was like I don't really yeah. want. I just don't want to be recorded <laughs> like right, sound good right. and shit. I was like, I, yeah. I, I'm not built for that. I don't think as much anymore, but so I do a lot of like, I, I get people to, from the company to do it. And it's great because we have a lot yeah. of creatives who like, you know, want to experience new things and like, want to try these sure. things. So I'm like, great. We got like a squad, go out, take over Hollywood babies, please. You know? <laughs> um, but the other thing yeah. I do is, ta- is the talent management part. So that entails like a lot of kind of, keeping up with social media and just seeing like who's up and coming or just finding people with like cool talents or, you know, either cool music or maybe they're good actors or comedians and stuff and bringing them to our studios um, to shoot content with them. Just because I think Mm. one of my goals with that is to, you know, spotlight uh, Latinos in the community and like local, I guess today, because we're in LA um, and it's easier to bring people into a studio, but it's like to give people a spotlight because I think that's what me too has. It's like, we have that ability to shine a light on people um, who, you know, maybe that's all they need for their careers. Or if they're like, yeah. they're a small business, a local business, like let's highlight them, you know? Um, yeah. it's just, it's good for all of us if we do that. And so I think that's part of the, the job in a way is finding those people, bringing them and just helping share stories, you know? Um, yeah. yeah I, like I, I love that. <laughs> right. Well, but I mean, I, I think it's important thing. You're, you're hitting on a lot of things first and foremost that like, you don't just have to be at the Latin movies because you're a Latin publication, right? Because the reality is uh, I've seen fucking Batman and I watched a ton of things that don't involve Latin people. And I would love to hear, you know, other people's perspectives on it. We should have a seat at that table. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and I think the, the other thing I wanted to touch on the, the last thing I want to ask you, we mentioned kind of the, the other, the two big heavyweights where you have the, the Telemundo or the, you know, uh, Univision both of which have kind of had problematic, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to say, you know, there's a problematic history, I believe, of who gets put in front of the camera with a lot of those publications about the things that are that are, are covered, you know, 
um, a lot of, of you know European uh, fetishizing that happens with the people that are put on mm-hmm. camera at, at those publications. But it's also like as a Latino, and and even thinking about growing up, like those are the only things that we had, right? So you kind of had to watch this television thing without seeing somebody who looked like you, but it was like just enough because they spoke Spanish or like they visited a place that you're familiar with or your family's from or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Or uh, or you remember like your grandma watching Ovelas, you know, on, on there or something like that. Mm-hmm. So for for you, you know, when it comes to we are me too, and and I think as a as a culture of the company, what do you kind of see as the core difference between what you guys do and then kind of what the traditional uh, Latin media has, has done, like the people like uh, Univision or Telemundo? Um, <clears throat> I want to say that I guess the content that we do obviously is more geared towards like the younger audience. But I sure. think the fact that it's like even touching on the conversation earlier about like language, it's like the content that we yeah. make and the audience that we kind of are here for is like those kids of immigrants, the ones who do speak Spanish, but also the ones that don't speak Spanish, you know, the ones that have felt that like shame of like, oh, I'm not Latin enough. I'm not whatever. Right. I think that is kind of one of the big differences between us. It's like, obviously, Telemundo Univision, they're very established, whereas we're really new. And so I think there is that whole audience of like the children of the people that watch these networks, you know, that are not really hit upon. And I think, I mean, I grew up watching like, Telemundo Univision, but like because my grandma lived, my parents lived, yeah. Like Sabo Gigante, like grew up watching that. Um, right, right, and, right, right. And, and but to this day, I'm just kind of like, you know, there's nothing on those channels that I personally watch now, or like even then, yeah. you know, being younger, I can't remember being like, oh, I'll watch this telenovela. Like, you know, it just wasn't for me. I was watching like Fox yeah. Kids or some shit or WB Kids. Right, right, right. Um, but I think that's definitely one of the big differences. Like we are, we make the content for like the, the again, like the generation. So we're not afraid to like talk about sexuality, queerness, these really big taboo things like in the Latin community, you know, that yes. our parents, you know, are obviously part of, I think. Um, right, so right. I, I think it's, it, it's, I think it's a really good area to be in also just because like, it's not, we're not going to, I don't think we're going to get any more conservative, you know, like the younger sure. generation. I don't think we're going to, especially like with things like TikTok, where you know you see so many normalized things. Like I think I was just having a conversation with somebody about like um, even like uh, in high school, like queer or gay relationships. Like the fact that like yep. there's so many kids on TikTok that are like identifying as like non-binary or queer, or even like yeah. open about their sexuality or like showing their little boyfriends and stuff. That's cool. Right. I'm like I am in the generation that like we did not have that. Like there was no, oh, no, not at all. Yeah. There's like a missed adolescence because like you were just not able to do that. And I'm like, it's so cool to see kids doing that now where literally nobody bats an eye. Um, yeah. And granted, like, obviously there are bubbles and there's like, you know, liberal bubbles, like Los Angeles is one, but the fact sure. that it's like, it's just so it's everywhere now. It's cool to see Like, um, I'm kind of going on tangents, but, um, no, you know, no, it's like, that is, I think what's important too, is like, that's what we're here for. It's like, we've done i've done what have i done for me too like in terms of even just like the queer stuff like i did like a video yeah. a long time ago like talking to my mom about my coming out experience with her because like we haven't t- talked mm. about that since it happened like over 10 sure. years ago and so even like the fact that i had that conversation like on camera with her which is nerve-wracking for both of us like i thought was important because it's like oh like you know this is important for like latino parents to see i think or just parents in general right. like like how did this conversation you know as as hard as it was for me like how is it for them you know and like how do we kind of reconcile that now 10 years later so even just content like that i don't think you'd see something like that like on television or univision you know i don't know because i don't know but 
Um, yeah, they're yeah, old, that's that, old, yeah. like the old world mind. And I think I think like you're you're hitting on a lot of great things. I want to make sure we kind of like uh, spotlight where you're talking about like breaking a lot of these like erratic generational curses and uh, old world ideas that don't serve us. Right. And and I think that that's what's incredibly important, you know, uh, for our generation to be the ones that break that. Right. That. You know, there is nothing uh, wrong with you if you are queer or if you identify um, as, as, you know, whatever you want to identify as. Like, these aren't things that are wrong with you. You're not a, a burden to the family, right? It's not something that we um, have to keep you hidden away or you have to pretend to be somebody else, right? right. Uh, or or even for me, you know, my, my journey has been very much like speaking with my parents about my mental health. And that was something yeah. that, like, was a big deal for me growing up, you know, when I was on my mom's uh, insurance and, like, being so nervous to ask her to like uh, help me out with setting up a therapist that I wanted to go to therapy, but I needed her right. insurance in order to do so. Right. And like yeah. being like t having her not tell my dad because I don't, you know, I was scared of what his reaction would be. Right. Right. So all of these different conversations are, are incredibly important for everybody, but especially for our community who has, you know, grown up oftentimes overly conservative with a lot of really old world ideas mm -hmm. that have made us feel like, we can't completely be ourselves, um, you know, if we want to claim our Latinness, you know? Totally. And it's like, even like my, like machismo, like that's a big yeah. thing. Like, and even on your note of mental health, like that is such a big one too, because like, yeah. I think I'm sure you're, you probably heard or have, are familiar with that uh, sentiment of like, oh, like why do you need a therapist? Like why do you have to be depressed about kind of a thing like that? Right. Yeah. It's well, like, you got, yeah. And like, even like yeah. the invalidation, I think that's like, like, like Latin families are great at invalidating each other. You know? <laughs> 100%. I think that's it. Exactly. So even I think like we've definitely done content on that. Of Like, I think that's a big topic uh, for our generation really is mental health, yeah. especially when they come to like men's mental health, because, yes. you know, like we were saying, I think part of what we do is, is our generation now is like we are the ones who are having those uncomfortable conversations because someone has yeah. to start you know someone has to be yep. okay with making everybody uncomfortable everybody being like yep. your mom or dad you know and, yeah. and i think that's what's important and that's what our content serves to do is like we're we're not afraid to do that because like what else are we going to do fucking lie right. it's like we already came out right lie once. i'm not going back in that shit you know, right. you know? um and, and i think that that is what it's it's cool about what we do i think is that we're just not afraid and i mean even like for that video i cried on camera i was, like, I was just like crying like i'm crying on the air now i was like and i'm really yeah. good at being like i don't like i said earlier, i was like i don't like to watch myself so i'm like i don't care it's out there yeah. did it i'm not gonna right. watch it again but hopefully somebody yeah. gets something good out of it you know um yeah exactly because so, yeah. that's the important thing you know where you're when you're putting yourself out there it's obviously a lot of times it's very easy to get self-conscious i know that i i have moments like that you know when i, I talk about different personal things and, and are trying to be really vulnerable but i also understand that idea that me letting my guard down and and even if i feel cringy about the way i'm coming across or, or whatever it might be i know that that then might give somebody else permission to be honest with themselves or honest with the people around them right and right. that's far more important than my um, you know, short-lived embarrassment or, or, you know, uh, whatever it might be about what I'm expressing, you know, or, or feeling, I don't know, especially with mental health and men, it's like not feeling man enough or, or whatever it might be. Right. right. Or um, feeling too that, much. That, that too come up. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so yeah, I mean, I, I commend you for that. I think that's such a beautiful thing. And I think what you guys are doing is incredible. I've 
discovered a lot of really great people from some of the articles that you've done. I have I've had a few of them on the show um, that, you know, and, and I think you guys are breaking down a lot of barriers. So I think that's absolutely amazing. Uh, we are me too.com. M-I-T-U is where you could check all that out. Where can people follow you if they want to stay in touch with all that you're doing? Uh, Instagram, the Danny, <laughs> Danny, I guess. <laughs> Man, it's been a pleasure, you know, getting to meet you uh, and, and have your, your perspective on here. Um, and, and hopefully we can stay connected in the future. Have you on again, man, because I really enjoyed it. For sure. Thank you for having me. It was really, really fun. Man, big shout out to my guest today, Danny Sedina, for hopping on the show. And uh, no Ask a Gringo segment on today's show. We ran a little bit long. We, we really dove into a lot of that stuff. So let's just uh, keep it moving, man. We're going to tie everything we talked about today in a neat little bow in a segment we call Conclusion Stew. But first, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling, and it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So... When things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the My Cultura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos, Estamos en riesgo, riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it, your moment. 
This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Time for conclusion soon. Mm. All right, so I'll keep it pretty short. I mean, I know we, we tackled a lot on today's show. We really dove deep. I really enjoyed that conversation with Danny. I mean, starting with this article on, on wearemetoo.com about uh, the idea of non-Spanish-speaking uh, people and... Man, all that that brings up, I mean, again, at, at its core, that is a lot of what this show is about. It's the idea that uh, there are these certain tropes or stereotypes of what it means to be, um, you know, Latin. And, and obviously, a lot of it is nonsense. And, and one of the biggest ones is the idea of whether you speak Spanish or not or how well you speak it. Um, and I, I just think that, like Danny and I were talking about, there are so many instances that um, these sort of stereotypes or the way that people try and, you know, put you in a certain box or push you out of your own community, you know, can cause you to have so many different sort of identity issues or cause you to not really feel connected to your community in the way that you should. And it's all nonsense at the end of the day. You know, uh, there isn't one way to to be Latin. There isn't a right way. There isn't a wrong way. You know, we each have our, our own way of expressing ourselves. And, and no matter what that is, you can't change the fact that this is your ancestry and, and this is your culture and your community, you know, and we should all be embraced as is. Right. We're not helping uh, our, ourselves by creating these asinine rules and this sort of uh, hierarchy or this gatekeeping system uh, where certain people are allowed in and others aren't. It's just nonsense at the end of the day. And speaking of nonsense. We talked about Donald Trump's organization being found guilty of tax fraud, guilty on 17 counts to be exact. And I, I think this isn't surprising. I think to Danny's point, fucking finally, you know, something uh, has has stuck, you know, uh, something that Trump has been a part of that um, has been, uh, you know, less than legal or less than than good standing has has finally come to light and been proven in a court of law. Hopefully this is the first of of many things. Um, but again, it, it just continues to prove that point. As I've been trying to make this push to speaking to rational human beings, regardless of what side of the aisle you fall on, you know, anybody who who is already very wealthy and and then runs a company that is um, going beyond just finding tax loopholes, but but then also figuring out ways that they could defraud the United States government for 15 years. Um, to me, that screams very unpatriotic and somebody who doesn't give a shit about this country or the everyday person who they themselves have to uh, essentially pick up the bill for these taxes, right? 
taxes are what makes our country work, our cities function, and somebody who is already wealthy and um, you know allegedly is so successful that they're just printing money, basically. Uh, do they really need to be scamming the government out of taxes to just keep lining their pockets and and lining the pockets of their you know higher execs? It, it again, that just shows the the lack of moral character this person has. And again, regardless of what side of the aisle you fall on, that should show you that this isn't somebody who is of moral character to stand and and have uh you know one of the highest positions in the world, and that is the president of the United States. But I feel like we all knew that. Hopefully things like this just begin to open the eyes of, of some of the people who had their doubts. Uh, and, and one of the other things we talked about that was really heavy and, and really sad is um, the police department in Vallejo, California, this vice uh, article that was done on, um, on Sean Monterosa, who was, uh, was shot and killed by uh, a Vallejo police officer and, and big shout out to his sisters who have been putting in that work, making sure his story is is being shared and also that there's some sort of justice not only for him but uh potentially stopping this from happening to anybody else and that's one of their big goals and it, it just again gives you an insight into a lot of things that we know and and the sort of uh man gang mentality that exists within the police department this whole thing of bending badges to you know um showcase a shooting and they claim of course it means somebody who survived a shooting whatever that might be but you know there are so many sort of loose ends to this story and and things that make you you know uh, look twice at it again them having to sign an nda just to view the body cam footage it just shows you a lot of people trying to hide things the fact that it took you know several months for this officer to be fired um and again this is just a microcosm of the bigger picture right this is just an example of what is happening around the country at police departments and and many of which we don't know about they're underreported. Um, you know, and they don't get this kind of coverage, you know, that's what's scary to me. And I hope that we don't lose sight on, you know, the idea of police reform in this country, because I think cases like this one and investigations into departments like this one um, prove that we really do need an overhaul of the modern day policing system, uh, you know, and and take out, you know, those, you know, bad apples and also the the terrible system that has created them and allowed them to exist for so long and continues to allow them to exist for so long. So hopefully articles like this one, you know, that keep that pressure, keep that uh, public awareness that this is still an, an issue in our country and still a need. Uh, and, and hopefully we can begin to see, you know, more change and more reform in that department. And then lastly, man, uh, on, on some good news here, Bad Bunny, <sighs> man, he is... He is the number one most streamed global artist on Spotify. He also, uh, this last year, had the highest grossing numbers for a concert tour. So he was above people like Coldplay and Ed Sheeran and and a number of other ones. He grossed the most money on this last tour that he did. So he's just on top of the world. And again, like we were talking about, this is somebody who was a grocery bagger, you know, uh, and and now has risen to these heights and somebody who has perfected his craft and taken the time to do so and very obviously takes great pride in the way that his work is not only heard, but also received, you know, and, and, and released into the world. And on top of that, seems to not be, you know, affected by all of this, this fame and success that he's had. He is still, you know, an advocate for his people, for the people of Puerto Rico, for Latinos as a whole. 
And it's just a beautiful thing to to see that, you know, to see somebody, um, you know, he's like the Obama of, of music, it feels like, you know, regardless of your politics, Obama was like, you know, uh, one of the cleanest politicians we've ever seen. And, you know, no real controversies aside from when he wore, uh, what was it, a gray or a brown suit. And, uh, and, and that's not an easy thing to do when you have that kind of attention on you. And Bed Bunny is in a similar boat of like the world is watching and he just has been an incredible, you know, representative for our community and uh and man just suits him and and all the blessings that, that he's getting uh are very much very much well deserved and i'm excited to kind of see what he, what he does next it's amazing to see now with that said thank y'all so much for tuning into today's episode we'll be back on tuesday with a brand new one dramos.com for all that merch and please again subscribe follow comment rate review all that good stuff helps us out wherever you are listening to this. Share it with a friend. You know, uh, we've seen it on uh, on those Spotify numbers. We are in the top 5% of most shared podcasts. And that is literally because of people like you listening and texting a link to your, your buddy. That's what we saw on the thing. The number one way people shared it was via text message. So uh, please continue to do so. I genuinely appreciate all that support and that love and all the new listeners. Thank you so much. And uh, man, we'll see you Tuesday. So then have an amazing weekend and stay safe. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos, Estamos en riesgo, riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar 20 españolcom What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. 
For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.